Uh, well, good evening, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I hope you've really enjoyed singing carols with us. Um, we've still got one more to come, so the band, who are doing a great job, will do another one later on. My name's Duncan, and it is a real joy to, um, to speak to you this evening. I'm just going to speak to you for 15 minutes. I want to talk to you about joy, peace, and hope at Christmas time. But before I, before I do that, I'm just going to pray one more time. Jeff, pray for us at the start, but I want to pray for us again. We believe that God hears our prayers and answers our prayers, so let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we're here this evening, and we ask that you would speak to each and every one of us. Would you reveal yourself to us, Lord God? If there's anyone here who doesn't know you, Lord, but is inquisitive, and Lord, I just pray you would reveal yourself to them now as we, as we hear from your word. And I pray more than anything, Lord, would you fill us with joy and hope and peace as I speak. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you three Bible verses that are special to me and speak into Christmas and what it's all about. And so I'm going to walk you through three Bible verses. The first Bible verse is Romans 15, verse 13, which says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And there are three words that really stand out to me in that amazing, amazing verse. Hope, joy and peace. Not just hope, in fact, but abounding hope. And I think that every single one of us will agree we'd like to experience more joy in our lives. We'd like to experience more peace. And we certainly need more hope. Certainly the last few years that we've been through um, as individuals and as a nation, we need joy, peace and hope in our lives. You know, when the Bible talks about hope, it's not talking about the hope that some of us have that England might one day win a World Cup. That's misplaced hope. But it's a sure hope. It's a, fo- a hope in God. Um, I must confess, I was one of those people who really believed we were going to win it this time. And I was wrong. But when the Bible talks about hope, it's hope in God. It's not misplaced hope, but it's hope in something that is sure and will surely deliver. When the Bible talks about joy, it's not talking about a fleeting momentary pleasure, but something deep and heartfelt that is eternal, a joy that really is experienced in our hearts. And when the Bible talks about peace, the Bible is talking about a freedom from conflict and a freedom from anxiety deep down in our hearts. These these aren't just words for me, hope, joy and peace. These are things I experience through my relationship with God. So I want this verse to set our direction this evening. This is where we're headed. As we think about Christmas, we're headed, hopefully, to a place filled with abundant hope, amazing deep joy and great peace. Are you with me on that journey? Do you want to come on that journey to this place of joy, peace and hope? Yeah, good. If anyone's shaking their head, well, you can just leave. That's fine. Do you know the other other thing this, this verse teaches me? It's this, that everyone should want Christianity to be true. If this is the kind of thing that Christianity is speaking about, it's inviting people to have more joy, more peace and more hope in their life, then everybody should want Christianity to be true. If you want more, th- more joy, more peace and more hope, then you should be sitting there hoping that this is true. And I hope there's an anticipation in the room as I'm speaking. And if, and if you're not a Christian, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. 
I hope that there is a desire in your heart that what I'm sharing with you be true because you want more joy and more peace and more hope in your heart, in your life. Let me move on to my second verse, Isaiah 9, verse 6. Now, I wonder what you are hoping for, what you are hoping to receive as a gift this Christmas time. Is there anyone who just wants chocolate for Christmas? That's the main thing that they want. A few hands. Ethan, our violin player, has uh, got his hand up. How about a good pair of socks? Anyone ask for socks this year? No, Fumi doesn't want socks. Johnny wants socks, though. Great. How about a cabbage? Has anyone asked for a cabbage for Christmas this year? Uh, no. Well, five-year-old Duncan, that's what he asked for Christmas. I think my... My, yeah, what's my, I think my parents were absolutely delighted that I was such an easily pleased young man and I genuinely got a massive cabbage right in the bottom of my stocking, which was so big I couldn't get it out, it was just stuck. I don't know what I was thinking. And we cooked the cabbage for Christmas dinner, I enjoyed it, but I don't even especially like cabbage. Like, that's not my first... So anyway, five-year-old Duncan was very strange. That's what he really wanted for Christmas. Do you know God has a gift for you this Christmas time? Isaiah 9 verse 6 was written in 700 BC, so 700 years before Jesus was even born. And God spoke supernaturally, prophetically through him to speak about the very first Christmas. And this is what this prophet Isaiah wrote. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. At Christmas time, a child is born, a son is given as a gift to us. God gives this gift to his people. A son, a person, and his name, the son that was born, the child that was born, his name is Jesus. But actually, he's got loads of names, doesn't he? He's not just called Jesus. He's also called Wonderful. He's called Counselor. He's called Everlasting Father. He's called Prince of Peace. But perhaps the most interesting name that Isaiah gives to Jesus is Mighty God. This baby that was born, this son that was given, is called Mighty God. He is God come to earth in human flesh. This is the great glory and the great mystery of Christmas, that God himself would come to earth and be born as a baby that very first Christmas day. The most important thing to take away from that verse, though, is this. Christmas is about the gift of a person. Yeah, we get loads of great Christmas presents. We get some chocolate, we get some socks, we get some cabbages, we get great Christmas presents. But the most important gift on offer is the gift of a person. Jesus Christ. Let's move on to my third and final verse. John 3, 6, uh, John 3, uh, 16. The most famous verse in the Bible. I can't even remember where it's from. It's from John 3, 16. I can't remember where it's from. The idea of a gift is in this verse as well. Let me read it to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The gift of Jesus is a gift of love. That's why that verse starts, for God so loved the world that he gave. It's a gift 
that comes from love. I'm going to reveal myself to be a very soppy bloke right now, but I have a shoebox at home, and in that shoebox I keep cards and little presents and tokens of affection that Rachel, my wife, has given me over the years. One of the things in that box is a KFC card that when you scratch it, it smells like the chicken, because I love KFC. Um, It doesn't smell of chicken anymore, actually. Um, So why do I keep it? Why do I keep that card that no longer smells of KFC? I do love KFC, that's why she gave it to me. Anyway, why do I keep that? It's because it was a card that came from a place of love. It was a present that was given to me from love, and therefore it's special to me. I received it with joy and immediately scratched it and went, oh, it really does smell like KFC. I kept it, and I treasure those things that are in that shoebox. Jesus is a gift given by God the Father in love, and because he's a gift of love, he is worth receiving with joy keeping and treasuring. Jesus is a gift from God's love, for God so loved the world. Now, who is this gift given to? Well, the answer is in that verse as well. The word whoever should stand out to us, whoever believes. So the gift that is given is a gift to whoever believes. Don't rule yourself out from receiving this gift. Don't go, oh, this doesn't, this, I'm not included. I'm not religious enough or I'm not good enough. Or Duncan, you don't even know what I've done in my past. How could I possibly receive this gift? No, the verse says in the Bible, whoever believes, it's a gift for anyone to receive. Please, please don't rule yourself out. Well, how is this gift received? It's for anyone who, who will receive it. So how is it received? Well, the answer is through belief. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus receives this wonderful gift of love from God the Father. And my greatest desire for this evening, you know, I'm I'm so grateful to all the people who've contributed this evening. Um, lots of people have done great, great things. The band have been fantastic. There's mulled wine and tea and coffee and there's been some decorations put up and people have been out with lanterns in the dark guiding people in through the door. I'm so grateful for everything that's happened. But my greatest desire is that people would believe in Jesus this evening, would receive this wonderful gift which is offered by God in love. Now let me turn back around to the very first verse I shared with you, Romans 15, verse 13. Notice that believing is in this verse as well. Joy and peace are for you in believing. Did you spot that? In believing. And so this joy and this peace is given to people who believe in Jesus because they've received this wonderful, wonderful gift. But the question is, how? How does a baby born 2,000 years ago enable me to experience peace and joy and hope today in 2022? Well, I want to answer that question with a a silly illustration, which is what my bag of rubbish is for. God is in heaven, up high, and I want you to imagine that my hand is me, or you. God is in heaven and my hand is me, or you. The Bible teaches that there is something that separates us from God. And that's what this bag of rubbish represents, the things that separate me and you from God. This bag of rubbish is full of everything I've ever done wrong in my life. The lies that I've told, 
the times I've been selfish, greedy, the times I've said things that have hurt people, the times I've done things that might be described as malicious. This bag is not only full of the things I've done wrong, it's also full of the things that I haven't done that would have been good if I did do them. Sins of omission, we call them, theological title. The things that were good that I could have done or should have done, but decided I couldn't be bothered to do or didn't want to do. Now imagine I ripped open this bag and started flicking the rubbish around the room. Bits of paper over here, you guys get the bin juice over here. It'd be pretty disgusting, wouldn't it? Well, that's actually what happens with the things that we do wrong in life. It, it, our sin isn't nicely contained in a nice bag. Actually, we start to impact other people and ruin their lives as well. When we do things wrong, we, we end up damaging other people. And often I find that something I've done wrong might, might lead someone else to do something wrong. And so we, we come into this environment where bin juice is being flicked all over the place. The point of, of this is every single one of us has a bag of rubbish in our lives. I reckon if I asked you to turn to the person next to you and say the thing in the bag that you're most ashamed of, you probably wouldn't be able to do it. Every single one of us has a bag of rubbish that separates us from God. He is perfectly and utterly good and we're carrying around all our rubbish. There's nothing we can do to get rid of our rubbish. We can't undo our past and we can't undo all the hurt that we've done to others. We can't take our rubbish and chuck it in the Solent. We just can't do that. So what does God do? We're separated from him. So what does God do? Well, the answer is the story of Christmas. In the person of Jesus Christ, God comes to earth and Christ in his love, is born at Christmas with a mission to take the things that we have done wrong upon himself. To take all our sins and all the things we've done wrong and all the things we should have done that we haven't done upon himself, which leaves us free to enter into relationship with God. Our rubbish has been taken away that we might be with God, again, reconciled to him. And Jesus takes the punishment that we deserve by dying upon the cross. He carries our rubbish and dies a sinner's death. We're treated like a son and daughter of God. Christ upon the cross is treated as we deserve to be treated. This is a wonderful, glorious, eternal gift for us on this side of the equation, isn't it? We're free to be with God. We're free to have a relationship with him. And it's not one of those gifts that you open on Christmas Day and then never go to or touch again. It's an eternal gift that's going to transform not just today, tomorrow, but our entire eternity. And this freedom, which Christ has won for whoever believes in him, is a wonderful, wonderful gift. For me... It means in every circumstance, I can be joyful. Even if everything was taken away from me this evening and I ended up on the street cold and homeless with nowhere to go and no one to turn to, I would still have God. And therefore I could rejoice because his, he is a God of love and a God of hope and he's pouring love into my heart. I would still, you would find me praising God in the streets this evening if this happened to me because I still have him even in the darkest and difficult situations. So I can still have joy in all things. I can have peace 
even when I'm going through huge stress at work or I have big worries about my family. Anxiety threatens to take away my heart and overwhelm me. But I remember God's love for me that he showed me in the gift of Jesus Christ. The all-powerful creator of the universe loves me. That gives you huge peace in your heart and a trust in him. That means you can go through the most difficult and dark times. And finally, I will always have hope. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you can always have hope. Christmas might be a really tough time of year for you. I know it's a tough time of year for many, many people. Or maybe you've got health concerns or worries and you're thinking I'm hopeless and I'm lost. But the gift of Jesus Christ is an everlasting gift. And every Christian, everyone who has received the gift of Christ, has hope for eternal life. A day where every tear will be wiped away and every pain taken away and we will live in paradise forever. And so Christians can be always full of hope, joy and peace. The gift of Jesus is a gift you can receive today by believing in him, by trusting in Jesus. Believing and trusting are things done in the heart, but we express what is in our hearts with our lips and our mouths. And when we talk to God, we call that prayer as Christians. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you want to express belief and trust in God in your heart, then why don't you just say amen? You can do it silently under your breath. But say amen in response to the prayer to say, yes, I agree. Amen just means truly, I agree. Um, so we're expressing what's in our hearts through this prayer. Let me, let me lead us in a prayer. Lord God, I want to receive the gift of Jesus Christ by believing in him. I confess I have rubbish in my life that needs dealing with and I believe Jesus died for me so that I might be free for relationship with you. And Lord, I believe that in some amazing way this impacts my reality now. Fill me with the joy and peace and abundant hope that you describe in Romans chapter 15. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, thank you so much for listening to me waffle on about joy, peace and hope um, for a little bit of time. We're going to sing a, a final carol and I invite the band up. But before we, before we start singing, I just want to give you a moment to reflect or a moment to do something for me. If you are a visitor and you received a Connect card on your way in, I would love you to fill in your name and email address. You don't need to fill out the whole thing, but just fill out your name and email address. And can you do something for me? We had some amazing cards ordered and um, Royal Mail let us down. This happens over Christmas, doesn't it? So if you prayed that prayer and you want to let us know, would you do something a bit creative and draw a star on your welcome, your connect card? So fill it in with your name and email address and somewhere on the card, draw a little star to say, I joined in with the prayer that, we, that I just prayed and let us in. If you're not quite there yet, so Rachel is a really slow decision maker. I make decisions quite quickly. Rachel's slow and indecisive. So I'd be like, yes, I prayed the prayer, star on my... But Rachel would be like, oh, 
I just, I'm not quite there yet. So if you're like, I'm not quite there yet. I want Christianity to be true. I want to receive the things you're speaking about, but I want to find out more. I want to go on a journey. Then can you do something even more creative and just draw a smiley face for me on your Connect card? And um, all we're going to do with that card is send you a nice email saying thank you for coming. And we'll let you know about something called the Alpha Course happening in the new year if you want to know more. We'd love to invite you. So, yeah, if you could do that for me and then drop your card into the box at the back, um, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you for listening to me. And um, let's sing one final uh, song, Carol, Joy to the World. Let's stand together.